Today we will continue our discussion on uh, our thoughts and how they affect us uh, physically. I believe there are two emotions uh, that can uh, be very destructive. Uh, one is fear, and we discussed that on our lot, on the last podcast. But today we're going to continue talking about condemning thoughts. Let me start with a um, statement from Dr. Alexander Haskell uh, from his book, Hope for Hashimoto's. Hashimoto's is an uh, autoimmune um, disorder of the thyroid gland. And he said this, Every thought or belief, though invisible and even unconscious, becomes the chemistry that flows through our veins. This psychochemistry has an incredible influence upon every cell that it bathes and envelopes. It possesses an inherent power to nourish as well as to destroy. Wow, that's a very powerful statement. We've been discussing that there is power in what we think. There's also power in what we speak. Our thoughts are powerful. You know, researchers from the University of Virginia Medical School have found that the brain is indeed connected to the immune system by vessels. Literally, our thoughts produce chemicals that affect us physically. Just like Dr. Andrew Haskell said, that, that this psychochemistry uh, influences every cell that it bathes and envelopes. He said that it has inherent power to nourish as well as destroy. You, you know, that is so powerful that our thoughts have the power to nourish our body or destroy our body. Emotions are very powerful, but emotions are also up and down. Uh, they're not always reliable. So we have to learn that we can think intentional thoughts. I believe that's why the, the Heavenly Father says... Uh, do not fear so many times in the Bible. Because uh, fear is a powerful emotion that distresses us, that can, can suppress our immune system by depleting neurotransmitters in the brain. Dr. Daniel Amen has also found that our thoughts are very powerful. And he has even seen on brain scans uh, the power of positive thinking compared to negative thinking. Uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf is, a is another uh, scientist who has studied the brain. And she says that when we have negative, fearful thoughts, that the neurons of the brain actually become dingy and dark, almost thorn-like. But when we begin to think positive, faith-based thoughts, that the neurons go back to their uh, more normal, tree-like state. Dr. Amen said this, Every time you have a mad thought, an unkind thought, a sad thought, or a cranky thought, your brain releases negative chemicals that make you feel bad. Every time you have a good thought, a happy thought, a hopeful thought, or a kind thought, your brain releases chemicals that make your body feel good. Fear is a powerful emotion, one that we all experience from time to time. As we have learned, living in a state of fight or flight all the time can suppress our immune system and over time increases our risk of illness. 
Condemnation is another powerful thought process that affects our mind and body neg negatively. What is condemnation? Well, there's two definitions I'd like to read to you. The first one is uh, condemnation is the expression of a very strong disapproval, a censor. The other um, definition is condemnation is the action of condemning someone to punishment, sentencing. I really like the second definition because it better defines uh, these thoughts of condemnation that we have. But these con condemning thoughts are punishment. These punishing thoughts can be directed towards ourselves or towards others. In either case, they are damaging to our well-being. Condemnation towards ourselves is a constant self-evaluation as to what's wrong with us. It also involves punishing ourselves for mistakes or even perceived mistakes. You know what I'm talking about. Those thoughts like, how stupid am I? I'm never going to amount to anything. How could I have done that? I'm not beautiful. I'm a mistake. I should have never been born. There's so many, and they just go on and on and on. Condemning thoughts towards others are just as damaging since anger, jealousy, and hate are powerful negative emotions. What is the key to dealing with these, these thoughts and emotions? Well, I think one of the keys is in 1 John 4.18. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of the doors and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thoughts of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love, is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. I hope you see that fear and condemnation are closely linked together. Fear and condemnation make us self-focused, self or the what-about-me attitude, while being Jesus-focused leads us to love ourselves and to love others. Jesus came to serve, not to be served. He laid down his life for others, and he tells us to do the same. Love is the antidote to fear and condemnation. When we see ourselves and others as God does, then we understand that each and every person was knitted in the womb by God. Ecclesiastes 11.5 says, As you know not what is the way of the wind, or how the Spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a pregnant woman, even so you know not the work of God who does it all. God is love. And he said that what he created was good. I want you to grab a hold of, of this thought. That Ecclesiastes 11.5 says that he put his spirit in the bones of a pregnant woman. From the very beginning, we were created in the image of God. That he has put eternity into our bones in the very beginning. We are eternal beings. But because he loves us so much, he gives us free will of how we want to live our life. Because of the fall at the very beginning, we lost that divine connection with the Father. We gave it up to the enemy. 
the ruler and prince of this world is not Christ, but the, but Satan. So when our eyes are on the world, we have to that, that we're getting in line with the wrong spirit. But an eye that is on Christ, that is lifted into um, heavenly things, that's lifted up, that begins to think on the things that are good and wholesome, that begin to understand that we were created with a purpose and that there is a God who loves us so much that he sent his son to to redeem, uh, to bring us back into a loving relationship, not a condemning relationship. And I'm going to discuss that a little learn. So how do we how do we know the voice of God compared to the voice of the enemy? And we're going to discuss that in a few few minutes. But but we have to understand that we were created in love, in the image of God, and that we were meant to be a light to the world around us. We were created by a creator who created the universe to express his love to others and to ourselves. The Holy Spirit gave my daughter, Kristen, this revelation a few years ago. He spoke to her these words, God is not letting the world starve, but the world has forgotten God and is destroying itself. Wow. Could this also mean that the world has forgotten how to love since God is love? I want to share with you a couple of things. Um, there's another statement from uh, Dr. Alexander Haskell's book, Hope for Hashimoto's. He said this, The wonderful thing about working to improve our psychochemistry is that we know it almost immediately. When we shift an attitude or belief away from fear towards hope, we know it, we feel it. And experience it firsthand. This is what happens when we begin to uh, let our thoughts be transformed into the faith-based thoughts, into the kingdom of, of God's thought and what he's created us to be. But we need to learn uh, whose voice to listen to. The voice of the accuser is the one who comes to condemn it says in John 10.10 10, that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came to give you life. Did you know that the Lord actually sings over you a song? That when you ask him into his life, he remembers your sins no more? The Holy Spirit was given to us as a comforter to remind us of who we are. In John 14, it tells us, about the Holy Spirit and describes the Holy Spirit. It says in John 14, uh, verses 16 through 17, and this is Jesus speaking, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. And it describes the comforter as a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, and a standby, and that he will remain with you forever. He describes uh, the Holy Spirit as a spirit of truth. And if you read a little further down around verse 26, he again describes the comforter as counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. Read those words. There's nothing in there about condemner. 
or punisher. There's nothing about that. It's all helper and strengthener and standby. And it says that the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. The Holy Spirit's job is to remind you the Word of God, to remind you who you are in Christ. He's come to lift you up, to remind you who you are, to speak life over you, to sing over you with song. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is in the midst of you, a mighty one, a Savior who saves. He will rejoice over you with joy. He will rest in silent satisfaction, and in his love he will be silent and make no mention of past sins or even recall them. He will exalt over you with singing. What I would like to do now is I'd like you to take uh, a minute, and I want you just to silence yourself and just take a deep breath. And as you breathe in, know that, that you, if you've asked Christ into your heart, that you are one with him, and that he is for you, that he is not against you, that he has called you, that he knows you by name, that he has counted the very hairs on your head, he knows the number. Does that sound like someone who's angry? He's, he's not angry, and he loves you. And as you silence yourself and you take a deep breath, I want you to think on that. I want you to see that, that if you were uh, weary or tired, that you can see and lay your head on his chest and that you can know that you are the disciple that Jesus loves, that he came uh, to bring healing, to bring restoration, and that he is not angry, that he is not mad in any way. I want to leave you with, with this um, to think about uh, today. Colossians 3, uh, 15 through 17. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and to be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing to God with gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do, whether word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So if the Lord sings over us and we are to sing songs to each other, worship and singing and, and meditating are powerful, powerful things that we can engage in. We can meditate on his word, but I'm I'm asking you to sit in silence and I want you to, to ask the Lord, what is he singing over you right now? And what is that thought that comes? And I want you to write it down. Now the voice of the enemy will come with a condemning thought. You're not any good. God doesn't hear you. But the voice of the comforter will remind you that the Lord is singing over a song. As I was asking the Lord that this morning, I asked him what he was singing over me today. And I heard the word victory. I'm asking right now, I'm going to pray with you all before we leave, that the Lord will awaken you in the morning with a song in your heart. 
many times he speaks to me that way, that he awakens me with a song, and I will sing that song back to him. A lot of times it's not even a Christian song. Uh, I was going through a hard time once, and I woke up singing uh, Hey Jude. Uh, honestly, I don't even like the Beatles. I didn't even know all the words of the song, but I went ahead and I looked up the words of the song, and it's what I needed to hear for that day. Our Heavenly Father knows us, and if you haven't asked Him into your into your life, I, I encourage you to do so. He's so good. He's so for you. He is the true light. He is the way, the truth, and light. It says that none can come to the Father except through Christ. There's so many things that want to draw our attention away. They want to draw us to, to Eastern meditation, to uh, you know, looking for this pill, uh, for, for help, looking for this supplement, looking for so many things. But what we're looking for is what we can only find through the love of Christ. We can find the love of the Father who created us. Jesus is a true light. It said at the very beginning, God said, let there be light. And the word says that Jesus was the light of the world. In Colossians, it tells us that Jesus holds all things together. The energy that you are looking for, the peace that you are looking for, is Him. It's Him. He's the energy. And He is the true peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding. And may you meditate on that today, that you are loved, that you are precious, and that He sings over with His song. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that everyone that is listening today, that you will fill them with peace, that you will fill them with joy, that you will begin to teach them uh, how to hear your voice, the voice of the comforter, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby, and that they will learn to to, uh, not listen to the voice of the enemy who comes to kill, who comes to destroy. So, Father, we pray that each one will be awakened with a song. And as they get up in the morning, that they will begin to connect with you, Lord. And, Lord, we just declare that our, our hearts and mind be connected to you. That they will begin to, to practice your presence. That everywhere you go, they go. That they are not alone. That they can spend time with you in the morning, but you are with them at work. They're, you're with them when they're driving. You're, that they will practice that presence. That they will meditate on your goodness and on your love. And I ask this in Jesus' name. We will continue um, our next time together uh, talking about thinking and speaking life. What we speak is so powerful. If we are speaking words of condemnation, speaking words of fear, that is going to affect us. The Lord says to, to speak life. Uh, it also says in the Bible that the Lord calls those things that are not as though they are. Our God speaks life. He speaks life over you. And we need to learn to speak life over ourselves and over our situations. So our next time together, we're going to talk about thinking and speaking life. Have a wonderful day. <music>